Hello, welcome back to The Wire Podcast, and today I'm going to be recapping week 7 of the NFL season. I'm also going to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes' struggles this season. I'm going to talk about why they're struggling um, and whether or not they can potentially get back in the playoff hunt. I also want to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals, how well they've been playing. I also want to talk about some of their players and how well they're performing, like Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and Joe Mixon, because those three guys have been playing extremely well. And then to finish off the podcast, I'm going to talk about the Los Angeles Lakers, who have really not looked good to open up the NBA season. I want to talk about why they've struggled so far and what they can do to fix their struggles. Um, I do want to apologize for this episode going up late. I usually want to do, uh, I usually want to recap the previous week of the NFL season um, on like Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, but I'm having to do this on Thursday. I've been pretty busy with school, so that's why it's going up late. But you know, better late than never. Um, I will get this episode up before the Thursday night football game tonight. So that's good. I also want to uh, let y'all know that for the time being, this podcast will be audio only. I'm having a difficult time with my camera, uh, getting the video files to not be corrupt. I might have to get a new SD card. I might have to get a new camera. Um, I don't know. We'll see. But just wanted to let y'all know for the time being, this will be an audio only podcast. We'll see how that goes. I like to do this on video. Um, so I hate that this is happening, but... That's how, it, that's how it is. Uh, we're just going to have to fight through the struggle. Uh, but yeah, so without further ado, let's get into today's topics. And let's start out by recapping um, week 7 of the NFL season, looking at the scores. So on Thursday night, the Browns played the Broncos at home. The Browns were missing a ton of players. They didn't have uh, Baker Mayfield. They didn't have Nick Chubb. They didn't have Kareem Hunt. And they were missing a ton of other guys. But they were still able to beat the Broncos 17-14. to A huge win for the, Bron- for the Browns. And a devastating loss for the Broncos. I mean, it, this was brutal for them. They should have easily won this game. They were favored by two points heading into this matchup. Um, and offensively, they did not look good at all. Only scoring 14 points. That's rough. And, and a rough look for their head coach, Vic Fangio. I don't know what's going to happen to him after this season. He may end up getting fired. Um, we'll see. But this was a rough look for him. And if he wanted to keep his job, which, you know, obviously he does, um, this is not going to help him out in that department. So huge win for the, for the Browns at home with a lot of their players injured. And on Sunday, starting things off, the Packers beat Washington 24-10, beat Washington by 14 points at home. The Packers are 6-1 and one on the season. They've been playing extremely well, um, as has uh, Aaron Rodgers. He's been incredible this year, played well in this game. He completed 27 or 35 passes for 274 yards and three touchdowns. Terry, McCor- Terry McLaurin was really good as well. Caught seven passes for 122 yards and a touchdown. Taylor Heineke was not very good. Big win for the Packers. They were favored by six in this game. Ended up winning by 14. Winning by two touchdowns. That's great. And then, um, probably the biggest surprise. I I wouldn't say that. One of the most shocking results from this week. uh, The Tennessee Titans at home whooped the Kansas City Chiefs 27-3. Beat them by 24 points. Huge win for the Titans. And this is their second big, big win in a row. They beat the Bills last week. They beat the Chiefs this week. They've been on a roll um, for the last couple of weeks. They're 5-2 and two on the season. They've been awesome. Derrick Henry's been incredible this season. Um, having one of the greatest seasons of all time for a running back. I actually, I made a video talking about um, how, how well Henry's been playing this year. How well he's been playing over the last couple of years. Um, and, and why I think he... Uh, may end up making the Hall of Fame. Um, so go check that out. It's on my YouTube channel at The Wire. But yeah, a big win for the Titans here in this game. A uh, huge win at home. And the Chiefs, they continue to struggle. I'm going to continue talking about their struggles later on in this podcast. But the Chiefs have not looked good. And, and 
Um, Patrick Mahomes had a rough game here, uh, completed 20 of 35 passes for 206 yards, just 5.9 yards per attempt, zero touchdowns, one pick. Uh, I believe he also had a fumble. He had two fumbles, lost one of them, had a QBR of six in this game, which is not good at all, had a passer rating of 62.3. Rough game for him. Uh, Ryan Tannehill played pretty well. Completed 21 of 27 passes for 270 yards. One touchdown, one pick. Had a QBR of 87.8 and a passer rating of 105.3. Derrick Henry, Henry was really good. Had 29 carries for 86 yards. Uh, no touchdowns, but he did have a passing touchdown. Um, early on in this game, the Tennessee Titans were inside uh, the five yard or the Chiefs five five yard line, um, and they ended up running a trick play where Derrick Henry threw a touchdown pass. Uh, his passing stats are funny: uh, one for one uh, for five yards and a touchdown. Had a QBR of 99.9 and a passer rating of 127.1. I'm surprised the passer rating isn't even or isn't even higher than that. Uh, but yeah, so what a day for Derrick Henry. Um, let's see, did anybody else have a big day for them? Defensively, Danico Autry had four QB hits, two sacks, two tackles for loss. Uh, did Harold, Harold Landry have a big day? He didn't, but Ola Adenigi, um, I'm probably, I probably mispronounced his name. I apologize for that, but he had three QB hits. Um, so what am I, I thought, yeah, Harold Landry does play for them. Um, for some reason, I thought I was tripping. Uh, so yeah, Harold Landry had a sack. One tackle for loss and one QB hit. Landry's been awesome this year. Um, he's been one of the best pass rushers in the NFL this season. Shout out to him. Um, but yeah, big win for the Tennessee Titans. Um, they've been awesome over the last couple of weeks. Picked up two huge wins here. They were underdogs heading into this game. Um, the Chiefs. Here's how bad of a loss this was for them. They were four and a half point, fa or they were four point favorites heading into this matchup, and they weren't even at home. So they were four point favorites on the road, um, and they still lost by 24 points. So th that's all you need to know uh, <laughs> to know that this is a, a a brutal loss for the Chiefs. Moving on, the Falcons beat the Dolphins on the road, 30 to 28. The Falcons are three and three on the season. Uh, they've been really, really uh, good the last couple of weeks. They started off um, struggling, uh, but they've been playing pretty well the last couple of weeks. We'll see how they perform uh, for the rest of the year. But I do want to give a shout-out to Matt Ryan. He's been awesome the last couple of weeks, playing really well. Um, Kyle Pitts has been playing well uh, as well. Um, he's been incredible. He was really good in this game. Caught seven passes for 163 yards. He's on pace to have... Over a thousand receiving yards. He's been incredible. Um, been just extremely productive as a rookie, which is great to see. And as a as a Falcons fan, I'm loving it. I'm love. I love watching him play, and I'm very very happy happy uh, that he's having a productive season. The Patriots they destroyed the Jets at home. Beat them 54 to 13. Excellent performance from them, especially in offense. So let's look at the. I'm looking at these quarters. Um, so in the first quarter, the Patriots scored 14 points. In the second quarter, they scored 17 points. In the third quarter, not much happening for their offense. Only scored three points. But in the fourth quarter, they scored 20 points. So they they scored over four, at least 14 points, in um, in three out of four quarters. So their their offense was extremely productive. They got a lot out of their running backs. Damian Harris had a big day, 14 carries, 106 yards, and two touchdowns. J.J. Taylor had two touchdowns as well. Matt Jones was really good in this game. He completed 24 of 36 passes for 307 yards and two touchdowns. No picks, had a QBR of 68.4 and a passer rating of 111.7. Uh, Kendrick Bourne had a passing touchdown as well. He completed one pass. Um, he completed one, his, his one attempt, he only had one attempt, completed it for 25 yards and a touchdown, had a passer rating of 158.3. So shout out to the Patriots for their dominant performance. Moving on to Giants, they destroyed the Panthers 25-3 at home. The Giants were missing a lot of their offensive weapons, um, and they still won big, won by 22 points. The Panthers struggled, Sam Darnold struggled. Did not have a good game this week. 
He ended up getting benched at the end of this game um, as the Panthers were trying to to climb back and chip away from the Giants' lead. Uh, P.J. Walker came in. He didn't he didn't play all that well. Um, and this was just a rough performance from the Panthers' offense. They did not look good at all. Um, so shout out to the Giants. Shout out to Daniel Jones who continues to play. He continues to play um, relatively well. Uh, I believe his stats are still really good this season. Let me look. Um, let me look at like passer rating. Where does he stack up in passer rating? I think his numbers were really good to start out. I think they might have gone down a bit. Yeah, they have. Uh, but I do want to say like for the for the first couple of weeks, he was playing pretty freaking well. Um, now his numbers have tracked off a little bit, but still, um, he, he's had some good, some good moments this year, and I feel like he's doing a good job of staying afloat, uh, despite his, uh, despite, despite his weapons, um, suffering a lot of injuries, um, so shout out to Daniel Jones, uh, for, for and, and the whole Giants team for getting a big, uh, win this week. Moving on to Bengals, another team who, who blew out their opponent, the Bengals destroyed the Ravens on the road. 41-17, Joe Burrow was amazing, completed 22 of 38 passes for 416 yards and 3 touchdowns, he was great, Jamar Chase was amazing as well, 8 catches, 201 yards and a touchdown, uh, the Bengals offensively were incredible, uh, they were awesome defensively as well, just really, really good performance all around, picking up a huge uh, division win, winning 41-17, just unbelievable, and like the Chiefs, I'm going to talk about the Bengals later. I got to talk about them. The Bengals have been freaking incredible this year. Uh, so I'm, I'm definitely going to talk about them in a little bit. The Raiders, they played the Eagles at home and they won 33-22. to I'm going to go through the rest of the scores quickly. This was not a good week of football. Whether you're a college football fan or an NFL fan, uh, this was a, a wild week. The slates weren't that great this, this week. Um, so this was just not, not a great week of football, uh, but I'm still going to go through all the scores. The Rams barely beat the Lions 28 to 19. This was expected to be a blowout. It wasn't. The Lions put up a good fight, but the Rams still won by nine points, winning 28 to 19. Uh, the Cardinals beat the Texans 31 to five. This was expected to be a blowout as well. And it was the Cardinals won by 26 points. And Hey, this was score the first game to ever end in a score of 31-5. Um, shout out to the Cardinals and Texans for being a part in this historic moment. In this house, we root for Scorigami, so you'll love to see it. Moving on, the Buccaneers, they destroyed the Bears at home, 38-3. The Bears continue to struggle offensively, and the Buccaneers are rolling. They're 6-1 on the season. They've been playing out of their minds. Uh, Tom Brady looks like arguably the best quarterback in the NFL right now. He's been playing amazingly. It's incredible how well he's playing. At what? How old is he? Forty-one. Let me look. Um, I, you would think I'd know this, but he's forty-one, right? I oh my, am I trick, bro? I am losing it. Apparently, he's forty-four. I'm losing my mind. I'm sorry. I had a brain fart there. Tom Brady playing this well at forty-four years old is unbelievable. Shout out to the Buccaneers. Uh, and then on on Sunday night, the Colts played the the Forty-Niners. The Colts won thirty. To 18. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, this was his first game back, uh, and the 49ers just struggled in this game. Uh, big win for the Colts on the road. We'll see what happens with Trey Lance. Uh, I think that Trey Lance is going to be their starter uh, when he's healthy. He's been out with the injury, but I think when he's healthy, he's going to be the starter moving forward. That's what it sounds like from everything I'm hearing, like all the articles I'm reading. Whenever I hear Kyle Shanahan talk about the situation, he makes it sound like uh, Trey Lance is like the guy in San Fran, so that's cool, we'll see what happens when he comes back, but tough loss for the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't play all that well, um, he had like 181 yards, one touchdown, two picks, had a QBR of 7.7, Elijah Mitchell played pretty well, 18 carries, 107 yards, and a touchdown, I do gotta give some props uh, to Carson Wentz, had a very solid game, 150 yards, two touchdowns, zero picks. Jonathan Taylor was great as well. 18 carries, 107 yards, and a touchdown. And then my man Michael Pittman Jr., who's been amazing this season, he caught four passes for 105 yards and a touchdown. And then for our final game, this was the Monday night game. The Saints played the Seahawks. This was an ugly game. The Saints won 13-10. This was a brutal game for me because 
I had, in one of my fantasy football leagues, I had DK Metcalf left to play. My opponent had Alvin Kamara left. And my opponent was up by two points. And it, well, I had a great start. DK caught an 84-yard touchdown pass early in the game. I thought I was sitting. I was sitting pretty. I was like, "Hey, great start. Maybe I can actually win this week." And in this league, my team is really good, um, but I, I'm I'm getting bit by the injury bug a little bit. I lost Russell Russell Wilson and uh, and David Montgomery to injury. I had a lot of players on bye this week. So and so I've been on a little bit of a losing streak. So I needed to win this week. But Alvin Kamara went off. He had an excellent game here. And I ended up losing uh, in fantasy for that one league. So I was a sad boy after this game. Uh, but this was an, uh, an ugly game. Not going to lie. Um, I was not paying too close attention. I was not paying close attention to this game because it was ugly. And I'm not surprised. That's what I expected. But Saints won by three on Monday Night Football. Got a big win on the road. They're now 4-2 and on the season. And then Seahawks, they're struggling to stay afloat with Russ out. They're going to need Geno Smith to play better because now they are 2-5. and five on the season. But yeah, that's all the that's all the scores from from week seven in the NFL. Now I'm gonna move on and talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. Talk about why they're struggling and whether or not whether or not they can, you know, get back in the playoff hunt and possibly make the playoffs because uh, they are in legitimate danger of not making the playoffs after making the Super Bowl last season. They're currently three and four. They're last in the AFC West, last in their division and I think everyone knows that their biggest problem is their defense. They're allowing around 35 points per 75 plays. And this is just a measure of their defensive efficiency. You know, in the way uh, and I, I uh, take, or I, I keep up with this metric. I have, I, I have my own database. And so to find this, you can take, a, you can take every team's, or you can take a team's points per play, multiply it by 75 plays, which is the average plays, each team, or the average number of plays each team has in an NFL game, um, in, in the modern game, and so that's how you get this, uh, you get this mark. So they, they're allowing around 35 points per 75 plays, which ranks 31st in the league. Not good. And according to Pro Football Reference, they rank dead last in total points contributed by their defense, with a mark of negative 105.11. And this, like, according to this metric. They their defense is the worst defense in the league by a mile. The next worst mark in this metric is negative eighty-eight point seven six, belonging to the Detroit Lions. So the, this, this just shows how bad the Chiefs defense has been playing this year. They've been awful. And they're really bad in almost all area. And in, in, in like almost every single area. Like they're not good against the pass and they're not good against against the rush. Let's go ahead and look at their stats. So I put up the, the team defense page on profootballreference.com. Let's look at like yards per play. So they rank last in yards per play allowed at 6.6. The second worst team is the Jacksonville Jaguars with a mark of 6.3. Let's look at net yards per attempt. Net, yard, net yards per attempt. I'm sure you probably haven't heard of this metric, uh, but it's, it's kind of like passer rating. Uh, it, it gives you one number. It's like a one number metric that measures passing ability, but it, but it involves passing yards, uh, sack yards, passes attempted, um, and time sacked. It's a really good metric. Um, it, in actually, if you look at adjusted net yards per attempt, that's the metric that's kind of like passer rating. This doesn't give weight to like touchdowns and stuff like that. Um, if you look at adjusted net yards per attempt, it does give weight to touchdowns and interceptions. This doesn't, but this is still a decent me- a decent measure of, of, a, of passing ability in a team's pass defense. And in this metric, the Chiefs rank third with a mark of eight. Uh, not, not very good at all. Uh, the Chiefs are also in, at the bottom in, in passing touchdowns allowed. I thought, are they not? Maybe they're not. I thought they were. I thought they were at the bottom in passing touchdowns allowed. They must not be. Um, let's see where they actually do rank. They rank. Am I shrimping? Do I not see them? They rank thir- They rank. Uh, so they rank. They're in the bottom thirteen in passing touchdowns allowed per game. Um, let's see. Passing yards. They rank. They're in the bottom seven in passing yards allowed per game. And then let's go to rushing. So they're allowing. 
thought where are they at in um this so they rank uh they rank in the, they're in the bottom five in rushing yards allowed per attempt they rank sixth in rushing yards allowed per game and they rank for, in the bottom four of um rushing touchdowns allowed per game so they, they rank in the bottom 10 in every single rushing metric um, their defense just, as you can see, uh, their defense is just terrible against the run, against the pass. Let's see if they're allowed, if they're forcing many turnovers. They're not. Um, they rank around what would this be? They rank 18th in turnover rate, uh, not great, and they rank uh, in the bottom four in scoring rate, which means that um, so they rank. They they have a scoring rate of 49.3%. Um, and this means that 49.3% of their opponents' drives end in an offensive score. Uh, so that's not good at all. Um, so as you can see, like, their defense just not good at all. Um, and they're bad against the pass. They're bad against the rush. They're just they're just awful. Not very good. Um, but offensively, they're fine. Now, they're not great offensively. Um, they could be a lot better, and they have taken a step back this year. But they're fine. They scored 29.8 points. Per 75 plays. And according to Pro Football Reference, their offense has contributed 79.72 total points this season, a mark that ranks fifth in the league. Um, and like I said, their offense is still really good, uh, but it has taken a step back. Last year, they averaged 32.4 points per 75 plays. Um, and a big reason why they've taken a step back is because their passing attack has been just not that great this year. Um, that starts with Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, he's been the best quarterback in the world for a few years now, but he is struggling this year. He ranks really highly in QBR. So he has the sixth best QBR in the league this year with a mark of 63.9. That's great. But when you look at these other single number metrics that measure passing ability, he doesn't rank very highly. Like, in pa like he has a passer rating of 90, 97.9, which ranks 15th in the league. Not good. Um, and when you look at adjusted net yards per attempt, he is averaging um, 6.81 uh, adjusted net yards per attempt, which ranks 16th in the league. So according to these metrics, um, he's not a top 10 passing quarterback this year. Um, and he ranks really around around average, around 15th um, in both these metrics. That's not good. And I will vouch for these metrics. Um, passer rating and adjusted net yards per attempt are both great metrics. Uh, at They both do a great job at measuring passing ability, at least in my opinion. Um, and really what they're measuring is just efficiency. That's what they're measuring. Um, they're really good metrics in my opinion. Uh, and, and really, adjusting net yards per attempt is a very good metric, so um, I trust it. And so when it says that Patrick Mahomes ranks 16th in this metric, uh, that's sounding the alarms, uh, in my opinion. That That's like, whoa, okay, this is a huge, a huge concern for me. Uh, Patrick Mahomes should not be 16th. Uh, he, is, he should be in the top 10, uh, definitely top 5. Like, he should probably be top 5 in this metric. Uh, that's where he was last year. Um, so this just shows how how much he is struggling as a passer, and the re the reason why he's struggling is he's throwing a lot of picks. Like he leads the league in picks. He's tied with Zach Wilson for the league lead in interceptions uh, with a mark of nine. He has a really high interception rate of three point two, and his touchdown rate, which has been really high over the last couple of years, is a little low at at six point five. It's still top ten, uh, but not up to his standards. Um, he, he he does rank pretty pretty high in like total stats, like in passing yards, total passing touchdowns, metrics like that, but I think uh, uh, passing efficiency, these efficiency stats like yards per attempt, um, like passer rating, uh, and just a net yards per attempt, those are better metrics to look at uh, when you're evaluating quarterback play because, you know, passing efficiency, that's just, like, if, if you're an elite quarterback, you're going to be elite in terms of efficiency, and this year, Patrick Mahomes has not been very efficient, and he's been very turnover-prone. Now, I will say, some of his turnovers have been as a result of bad luck. A lot of his picks have come off tip passes, um, and so that's a legitimate a legitimate excuse. Uh, but he also has a lot of boneheaded decisions. 
a lot of boneheaded throws. And so he is to blame at least a little bit for the Chiefs' struggles. To make the playoffs, the Chiefs are going to need to be unbelievable at, on offense for the rest of the season. And that starts with Patrick Mahomes. I don't think their defense is going to be any better. Their defense is just unbelievably awful. And for them to be successful with their defense playing as poorly as it has been playing, their offense just has to reach another level. And it has to be historically good. And Mahomes will have to be better uh, for the Chiefs to reach the level they'll need to reach offensively to make the playoffs. I think they can make the playoffs, uh, but it's probably going to be a stretch for them. They they just haven't looked good at all this season. Um, and, and it's mainly because of their defense, but their offense needs to take a step up. It needs to step up as well. Moving on, let's look at the Cincinnati Bengals. Look at how well they've been playing because the Bengals, uh, they're back. They've been playing incredibly well. They're on fire right now. They, they sport a 5-2 record. They're second in AFC North, tied with the Baltimore Ravens. They have the sixth-best SRS in the league. And if you don't know what SRS is, SRS stands for Simple Rating System, and it, it uses margin of victory and strength of schedule to rank teams. And so according to this metric, the Bengals have been the sixth-best team in the league this year. They rank top six in points per play. They, um, in, sorry, they rank top six in points per play and third in points per play allowed. So they rank top six in this metric on offense um, and defense. They've been really good on both sides of the ball. They also rank fifth in total points contributed by their defense and 14th in total points contributed by their offense. So their defense has been kind of been carrying them a little bit. Their defense has been dominant. And opponents are, opposing quarterbacks are struggling to throw the ball against the Bengals. Let's look at uh, the team defense tab. Let's pull this up again. Um, let's pull up the Bengals. Let's look at them. Let's see if I can find them. Let's see. Come on. Can I find them? I don't know why I'm struggling to find them. Can I not see? Can I not see? Let's see. Let me do this. Am I not? Like, am I an idiot? Here, here they are. So, uh, let's pull up net yards per attempt. So, the Bengals rank 6th in net yards per attempt allowed um, with a mark of 5.8. That's great. Uh, they also rank 4th in passing touchdowns allowed per game. They rank um, they rank 17th in, in passing uh, yards allowed per game. Uh, so, as you can see, they, they're really efficient. Uh, their pass defense is super efficient. It's been really, really good. And then rushing-wise, let's see how good their run defense has been. They rank 7th in rushing yards allowed per attempt with a mark of 4. They rank um, 18th in rushing touchdowns allowed per game. And they rank um, 7th in rushing yards allowed per game. Uh, so as you can see, they've been really good uh, defending the run and defending the pass. Their pass defense has been pretty incredible. Um, but the rushing, their, rush, their run defense... It's not shabby. It's pretty good as well. They've been extremely dominant defensively. And I want to talk about a few of their players on offense who have been playing extremely well. Uh, starting off with Jamar Chase, who is having an unbelievable rookie season right now. He is, let's pull up the receiving stats uh, for the season. So he is second in receiving yards uh, on the season with, let's pull this up, uh, with 754 total receiving yards, that is second, like I said, behind Cooper Cup, uh, who has 809 yards. So Jamar Chase, as a rookie, is second in receiving yards through seven games. That's incredible. He, he also has uh, six receiving touchdowns, which is tied for fourth uh, with guys like Marquise Brown, DK Metcalf, Mike Williams, um, so he's been incredible this year. And what's interesting is he is not like a high, like a, a, an ultra high volume guy in terms of, in terms of, in terms of receptions per game. Um, he, he only averages five catches per game. Uh, and guys like Cooper Cup, um, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, they average a lot more. Uh, Cup is averaging eight receptions per game. Devontae Adams is averaging 7.4 receptions per game. Tyreek Hill is averaging 7.4. So Jamar Chase 
it's a lot different than all of these other guys. He's he he doesn't get the same volume of receptions, um, which is interesting. And he, and he's just he's ultra efficient with his targets. He's averaging fourteen point eight yards per target. Uh, that's a lot more than everyone else. That's that ranks highly on this leaderboard. Like Cooper Cup averages ten yards per target. Devontae Adams is averaging ten point two yards per target. Debo Samuel is averaging ten point three yards per target. Tyreek Hill is averaging eight point nine yards per target. And then when we look at yards per reception, uh, Jamar Chase leads the league with a mark of 21.5. And when you rank really highly in this metric, you're probably a low-volume deep threat. But Jamar Chase is not a low-volume deep threat. Like, he is, like, second in receiving yards in the league. Um, and he's at any, he's aver- he's gotten, like, 51 targets on the season. So he's not, like, a low-volume guy who's just... Whose, whose only targets are coming on, on deep bombs. Um, so it's just, it's just incredible. He's a very unique receiver. And the way the way that he, he's producing is really strange and unique. Um, so I love Jamar Chase. I love what, how well he's playing this year. I personally did not expect him to be this good this year. I thought he might have um, not like a, I don't want to say I thought he would have a bad rookie year, but I thought he might have an underwhelming rookie year because he's playing alongside T Higgins and, um, Tyler Boyd and like Joe Mixon. Um, so I thought like playing alongside all those weapons, I thought there might not be enough, uh, targets for him to be a, a very productive rookie. Um, now obviously Jamar Chase has been extremely productive and he's been the number one receiver for the Bengals. All year long. Um, and that's just something that I did not expect. So shout out to Jamar Chase. He's been awesome. Uh, I loved him coming out of the draft. I thought he was amazing. He was my wide receiver one. And he has just been at, playing out of his mind. He's been great. He's on pace to break the rookie receiving yards record uh, by a mile. Like he's on pace to have over 1,800, 1800 receiving yards this year. That's more than Randy Moss had in his rookie year. That's more than Justin Jefferson had last year as a rookie. So shout out to Jamar Chase. He's been unbelievable. Moving on, I want to talk about Joe Burrow, who's been playing really, really well uh, last year uh, as a rookie. He was he was fine. Um, he wasn't amazing, but he wasn't terrible either. He was just fine. Um, and like he's he ranks highly in all these uh, total stats. Like in passing yards, he has uh, 1,956 passing yards. That ranks sixth in the, in the league. Um, he has a 17 passing touchdowns. That ranks fifth in the league. Um, now, he is throwing a, a good amount of interceptions. He's tied for third in picks with eight. And he has a really high interception rate of 3.8. Um, but like the fact that he ranks highly in passing yards and passing touchdowns is great to see. But he's also been super efficient. Let's look at his passer rating. So he has a passer rating of 108.9, which ranks 5th in the league. That's amazing. His QBR is a, is a little low. Um, it, it's, it doesn't line up with his passer rating or his adjusted net yards per attempt. He has a QBR of 59.5, which ranks 12th in the league. Not bad by any means. It's above average. But it doesn't agree with passer rating that he's a top five quarterback. I don't know why his QBR is a little bit low. I don't know why it's outside the top 10. I will say, if you don't know what QBR is, QBR is a metric that uses EPA data uh, to measure pretty much everything that a, Q- that a quarterback does and put it into one number. So it looks at a, at a quarterback's passing numbers. or It, uses, it utilizes like every thing that a quarterback does from passing and running. It also looks at sacks. It looks at turnovers. It also looks at penalties. So it looks at everything to measure quarterback play. Um, so I, I haven't looked at his numbers specifically at QBR. Um, e- on ESPN's site, it does, they do break it down into each category. I'll have to look at that. I'm not going to do that in today's episode. I'll do that on my own time. And I might tweet that out uh, some sometime soon. Once again, it's adjusted net yards per attempt. He is 6th in the league with a mark of 7.91. And according to these one-number metrics, he has been a top-10 passing quarterback in the, in the NFL this year, which is incredible. He was far from that last year, and to see him take that next step and become 
uh, a top 10 passing quarterback, according to these stats, is great to see. And I'm not going to say that these stats are, are, are gospel, but I, I read an article um, last year about uh, using these kind of stats to measure quarterback play, and they, the results were incredible. These numbers are very reliable. Um, so I feel comfortable saying that Joe Burrow has been extremely good this year and uh, might be one of the best passing quarterbacks in the league, at least this season. He's been playing out of, out of his mind, and he deserves some recognition, re- recognition for it. He's been great. And it's just amazing, as someone who really liked him coming out of the draft, to see him kind of become, take a step in becoming a franchise quarterback. It's great to see that. I love Joe Burrow, and I just love seeing him play well. Moving on, I want to talk about Joe Mixon, who's been playing extremely well. He he has 123 carries this year. Um, he has 539 rushing yards, which ranks third in the league, and he has four rushing touchdowns. Now, he hasn't been as good as Derrick Henry, um, who's having just an unbelievable season this year. Um, but Joe Mixon, he's been extremely productive. He's been one of the most productive running backs in the league this year. And he's been really good for the last couple of years, but now he's kind of taking a, he's kind of breaking out and becoming a top five running back, which is awesome. Hopefully he can keep this up for the rest of the year. But I just wanted to mention him. He's been playing extremely well, um, just like Joe Murrow and Jamar Chase. And I wanted to give him his flowers. Now, before I end this podcast, let's talk about the Los Angeles Lakers who have been struggling. They are on the struggle bus, the struggle bus right now. So I'm going to look through their numbers, see why they're not playing well, and what they can do to fix that. So I'm on dunksandthrees.com, which is a website that has their own one-number metrics uh, called EPM, which is expected. What does it stand for? Um, I Let me actually look this up. What does EPM stand for in basketball? So they have like their own one-number metric that, utilize, that just kind of shows you how many points a player is worth, like, per 100 possessions. Um, it's, a, it's, okay, yeah, estimated plus minus. That's what it is. Um, does a good job of doing that. Um, but they also have, like, adjusted offensive rating, adjusted defensive rating, and adjusted net rating, uh, which is great. It adjusts these stats for strength of schedule. So let's look at, look at the Lakers' adjusted net rating, which is the difference, which is basically their point differential. That's basically what it is. This is their adjusted point differential per 100 possessions. And the Lakers have an adjusted, an adjusted net rating of negative 5.9, which is 27th in the NBA. Not good. Let's look, at their, let's look at their adjusted offensive rating. This is how many points they score per 100 possessions on offense. And in this metric, they rank... Uh, they rank 21st with a mark of 104.7. That's way below league average. And they have an adjusted defensive rating of, uh, of 110.7, which, ra- which ranks 23rd in the league. And this just means that they are allowing 110.7 points per 100 possessions, adjusted for strength of schedule. Not good. And let's look at their four factors. Now, if you don't know what four factors are, uh, these are four metrics that uh, that are really good at de- determining whether or not a team will win a basketball game. Uh, these metrics were created by Dean Oliver, who was a super smart um, you know, stats guy um, who did a lot of great analytical work. He wrote the book, Basketball on Paper. If you haven't read that, I, I, would, I, I couldn't recommend it enough. It's a great book, and it will make you smarter about the game of basketball. It'll help you become smarter when analyzing players and teams. It's just a great book, so couldn't re- recommend it enough. But let's look at the Lakers' offensive four factors, starting out with effective field goal percentage. And the Lakers rank, um, in, in this metric, they rank, they rank actually pretty high. They have the fifth best effective field goal percentage in the league uh, with a mark of 54.7%. Really good. But it goes downhill from here. They have a turnover rate of 15.1%, which ranks 19th in the league. Not good. They have an offensive rebound rate of 19.3%, which is 25th in the league. And they have a free throw rate of 
uh, 22.9, which ranks 14th. Uh, so they're around average in this metric, uh, but in these other metrics like turnover rate and offensive rebound rate, they are below average. And because they are below average and around average in, some of the, in most of these metrics, their offensive rating is not very good, and that's why. Now let's look at their defensive four-factor stats. So they have a, an opponent effective field goal percentage of, uh, where are they at? Of 53.2%, which ranks 21st in the league. Not good. This means that, that their opponents have been very efficient this year. They have a, a turnover, or an opponent turnover rate of, let's look and find them, of 14.5%, which ranks 15th. They have a defensive rebound rate of of 75.1%, which ranks uh, 25th in the league. And they have an opponent free throw rate of of 26.8, which ranks, can we, can we see this? Which ranks 28th in the league. So not good. They rank, their defense is really, really bad this year. Um, they rank like they rank in the bottom in the bottom half of the league and all of the def- of the defensive four factors, which is not good at all. Uh, I will say it's good to see that they that they're really efficient shooting uh, based on their effective field goal percentage, which is top five in the league. But everything else is either just average or well below average. Not not good. That's not good to see. Now let's look at their roster. Look at their player stats. So um, they right now the Lakers are two and three on the season. They're ninth in the in the Western Conference. Uh, last night they lost to the Thunder, 123 to 115. They blew a huge lead um, on the road, and they ended up losing that game. They rank. They have an SRS of negative 10.77, which ranks 28th out of 30 teams. I talked about this metric earlier. It uses margin of victory and strength of schedule to rank teams. So according to this metric, the Lakers are one of the three worst teams in the league. They rank 11th, and we already looked at offensive rating and defensive rating. So as you can see, the Lakers have been one of the worst teams in the NBA through the first five games of the season. And why is that? I think it's because they are struggling. Um, they added a lot of pieces in free agency, and I think you know they're 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 just having a slow start trying to incorporate Russell Westbrook and incorporating all these other guys. But I think the biggest issue has been um, the addition of Russell Westbrook trying to figure out his fit alongside Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Right now, Russell Westbrook is not playing well. He's averaging 18 points. Nine, assist, nine rebounds and nine assists um, per um, 36 minutes, but he's doing it on really bad efficiency. Uh, he has a true shooting percentage of, let's find this, of, um, of 45.2%, which is well below league average. That's not good at all. And he has a box plus minus of negative 5.5. He just, scoring-wise, hasn't been that effective. His assist numbers are lower um, just hasn't been very effective with the Lakers so far this season. Um, but he's not the only one who's struggling. Uh, actually, sorry, I thought I saw that LeBron James had bad numbers. No, LeBron and, and AD have been pretty good, um, but Russ has been struggling. He's averaging less points than Carmelo Anthony per 36 minutes, um, and his impact on the team has been very bad. We're going to look at his on-off numbers here. So uh, when Russell Westbrook is on the court, the Lakers have a plus-minus of negative 10.7 points. Not good. And when when Russ is off the court, the Lakers are a lot better. So the Lakers net net uh, plus-minus um, when Russell Westbrook is on and off the floor is negative 27.1. And I might have I might have said that wrong, but uh, what I what I meant there is the Lakers are 27.1 points better. When Russ is off the floor than when he is on the court. Now, I will say, this stat can be noisy. And this is a small sample size. Uh, Russ has only played 181 minutes this season. And they've only played five games. So, this will likely change moving forward. I don't think that Russell Westbrook is worth negative 27.1 points. He's not that bad. 
Um, but what this measure is saying, in my opinion, and this is my biggest, and this is my takeaway from this, is that it's been a struggle to kind of incorporate Russell Westbrook into the Lakers lineup. Um, his skill set doesn't match up perfectly alongside Anthony Davis and LeBron James, and I think a lot of people, I think most people expected um, his his introduction to the lineup to be a bit rocky at first, and it has been. So this is not a surprise. But it, it is maybe a little bit surprising to see that it's gone this poorly. Um, this, that's a huge drop-off from when Russell Westbrook is on the court to when he's off the court. Um, so it is a little bit surprising to see that the difference is that big. Uh, but I don't think there's too many big takeaways. to, to When I'm looking at these numbers, I don't say, wow, Russell, Russell Westbrook just sucks. Like, he, he can't play at all. No, that's not what this number is saying. To me, at least, that's not my, that's not how I interpret this stat. Um, but I do think that that shows um, that Russell Westbrook has probably been the biggest issue with this team, and it, it's really not even not all on Russell Westbrook. I remember watching them play the Warriors, and I talked about this on a podcast about like a week or two ago, talking about how I didn't like the lineups they had around Russell Westbrook. I didn't like how they were using him, and I'm not gonna lie, I haven't really watched. All, all the Lakers games, um, so I don't know if that's if that's been the case um, since the Warriors game, uh, but that's what I saw when they played the Warriors. Now I want to look at their their lineups. So on on Basketball Reference, you can look at teams' lineups, and here are their most used lineups, um, or here are their most used five man combinations. So the most used lineup um, by the Lakers is. Kid Bazemore, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, DeAndre Jordan, and Russell Westbrook. And that team's um, plus-minus is negative 17.1. Not good. Um, and then the next most used lineup is Kent Bazemore, Anthony Davis, DeAndre Jordan, Malik Monk, and Russell Westbrook. Uh, that lineup has a plus-minus of plus 18.1. That's great to see. Um, and then their third most used lineup. This, this is the last lineup I'm going to go through because these first three lineups are the only lineups that have played uh, over 10 minutes together. The third most used lineup for them has been uh, Carmelo Anthony, Kent Bazemore, Anthony Davis, Malik Monk, and Russell Westbrook. And that lineup has a plus minus of 0.2. Um, I don't really know what you can take away from this, from this information. I think what I would say is maybe, just maybe, Russell Westbrook uh, would be a better fit playing just next to Anthony Davis. And I've heard a lot of people say Russell that Russell Westbrook should come off the bench. Do I agree? I don't know. Maybe. I don't think it would hurt to try it out. And when I'm looking at their three most used five-man, uh, their most used lineups, or at least their five most used five-man combinations, it looks like Russell Westbrook would be better suited coming off the bench and coming in when LeBron James comes off the floor. Uh, that might be something they should consider. And I think, you know, it's early on in the season. They can experiment. If they do decide to bring Russell Westbrook off the bench, that might be a smart move. And I think it's something worth trying because, you know, they are 2-3 and three on the season. And they've been bad. Uh, they've been very, very bad on both offense and defense. So, I think this is something worth trying out. And before I, I end this podcast, I do want to look at their per 100 possession stats because there are two two stats that I think show why this team has been struggling so much. So let's look at every team's per 100 possession stats. And here's what I find um, to be very interesting. So looking at three-point makes, and you might be wondering, why are you looking at three-point makes? And looking at three-point makes is the best. I think this is a great way to measure a team's spacing. And when you look at this metric, the Lakers make 12.2 threes per 100 possessions, which ranks 18th in the NBA. That's below average. Um, so they have below average floor spacing. And when you look at their assist, this is something that's also pretty useful. Um, now, there, there's not a perfect correlation between passing and team success. Uh, like if, if you're average, if you're an average passing team, that doesn't mean that your team is going to be 
is going to have an average offense. But if you're a really good passing team, um, your offense is probably going to be pretty good. And if you're not a good passing team, your offense is probably going to be pretty bad, um, according to historical studies. Um, but looking at this metric, the Lakers average 23.2 assists per 100 possessions, which ranks 15th. And you would expect, or at least I expected this number to be a lot higher because the Lakers have LeBron James and Russell Westbrook, two of the best passers in the league. And so seeing that this number is so low is very interesting. Um, I, I want to see the Lakers utilize their stars better um, and utilize them in a way that allows their biggest strengths to shine. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see what what changes the Lakers make moving forward. It'll be interesting to see whether or not they change their lineup um, because I think that's something they should definitely look into and that might help their team moving forward. But right now, the Lakers have looked like one of the worst teams in the league and something's got to change fast. Something's got to change right now uh, or else they may not make the playoffs. But, you know, it is early in the season. Things could definitely change. we got a lot of games ahead of us and I think they'll, they'll figure things out but right now, they're on the struggle bus, and they got to get off. But anyway, that's all I have for today's episode. I hope y'all enjoyed it. Um, if you want to see more content from me, check out my website at thewiresports.com. Also, check out my YouTube channel, at, and that's called The Wire. You can also check out this podcast on, um, on, on Spotify and Apple Podcast. And if you want to follow me on, on social media, my Twitter and Instagram handle is the Ryan McCrary. That's the R-Y-A-N-M-C-C-R-A-R-Y. You can talk to me over there. Hit me up. We can talk about sports. I'm, I'm very active on Twitter. Um, so you can hit me up over there and, and I'll respond to you. But yeah, that's all I have for today's episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. And I will see you all next time. Peace. <laughs>